Hey, y'all. Thank you for joining us today on the Spread the Love podcast. We are thrilled to have you here. We are going to be discussing some stimulating topics, which we hope will challenge, encourage, and strengthen you. I'm John, one of your hosts. Come along with us, sit back, relax, and let's chat. Here we go. We are back with another episode of Spread the Love podcast. Derek, after our first one, we had a good response. People reached out to us, made us feel very humbled, and it was all positivity, but you know how we felt about it. Yeah, and a lot of pressure also, now that we know that people are actually listening to this. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we had a good response, I think. Yeah, we did. So, Absolutely. Um, we heard from some, several people online, and you know, one thing that really popped out to me, there was one of our listeners from Texas shared a thought about your vision, and if you just want to remind everybody about the vision, and then we'll go into... I'm talking about kind of her comment and what she said. Yeah, it was uh, just a vision about broken vessels and about uh, just kind of the short story of it was it was a room full of broken vessels and God was doing work with these vessels and he was showing us that they were priceless in his eyes even though the world saw them as useless and that they were junk. Yeah, well, that's that's and I, I think that was really um, a powerful, you know, kind of uh picture that you painted there for us and the and the, one of the comments that came from our instagram page was someone said that that reminded them of ken zugi i think that's how you say it not, <laughs> Drake, not a motorcycle georgia. this is not this a motorcycle is, this, is, georgia. this is georgia japanese <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is georgia japanese dialect um, yeah but ken sugi i think i think that's how you pronounce it um, to any of our Japanese listeners, I apologize for <laughs> messing that up. Um, but I actually was really intrigued. Yes. And so I went and looked up kind of the history and the background behind Kintsugi and how that is a, a beautiful analogy. It just paints a beautiful picture of kind of what we're going to talk about today. And the process behind it is obviously they take broken um, pottery vessels, vases, things like that. And they, they mend them back together through this process, which is Kintsugi. And how they do that is they take lacquer and they place it on the pottery. From what I understand, this is my understanding of it. And they use that lacquer to hold the, the brokenness together. And so that brokenness is by, is binded with a sap from a tree that was traditionally used in Japan. And they take like a cup of that sap and then they use that sap to hold the pottery together. And here's the crazy thing about it. Once they take the, the cup of sap from that tree, it's like the tree's blood and that tree dies. That's insane. <laughs> and the tree dies and they use that sap to hold the pottery together. And then they go back after it, the lacquer has um, hardened, and it takes about three months for it to harden. But they go back and they paint it with a gold powder to show the visible marks of that brokenness. Isn't that cool? That's insane. I'm going to cry at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> I was going to say, Derek, like, let's oh, go. Oh, my gosh. Oh, okay, hold it together. How amazing what is that? What a beautiful visual thing to, to think about. Like For sure. For us spiritually. Like, that is such a good visual respiratory? Respiratory. What? Yeah, that too. This is why we are in Georgia, right here. But 
it is, I mean, it touches me because even I, I mean, I didn't know that. Yeah. Like that is incredible. And I, I thought, I think it says it, it makes it stronger. Yeah. It makes it even a stronger piece of pottery, which is just insane to think about. But man, that tree, that is deeper than what I can even, yeah, even speak deeper. into words. Although it comes from a different culture and probably a different type of religion. The analogy itself, that wow. God used that analogy to, or to painted that picture in that tree, person. Yeah. Like the cross the, and, and the blood. Man, that's I'm powerful. You, yeah, that's powerful stuff. Awesome. Wow. So that was just a an awesome comment from one of our listeners. And we just wanted to share that story with all of you today because you don't happen to have that pulled up. Do you like to spell it out for people to be able to look it up? <laughs> I think it is K I N T S U G I. Yeah. From what I Maybe remember. that way. Look it up. Study this stuff yourself. It's an incredible thing to see. Yeah, really it is. Cool. It's cool. Um, and, and just, it's a, it's a perfect analogy to, to yeah. kind of transition us into what we're going to talk about today, which is, um, how we left the last podcast, which we define love. And hopefully everybody remembers what that definition was. If not, then we can remind them. Basically, the definition of love is God is love. Um, and we talked about that in 1 John 4 gives us clear definition of what love is. And it actually says it twice in 1 John 4. Um, but God is love. And so we kind of want to go beyond even that and talk about how that's represented to us and how we experience that. So I was thinking that we talked, we've actually sat and talked before where love, we talked about where love in language, there's two grammatical ways love can be used as one's a noun and the other's a verb. So noun basically is a person, place, or thing. Obviously we're going to teach <laughs> here. I'm going, going back to my teaching roots, but it's a person, place, or thing or idea, right? So the noun in love, obviously God, God is our noun. He is the person that consists of love. And because he is the noun, love now can become a verb and is through action. And so that's what we really want to talk about today. So we're going to really focus on how God displayed his love. And so we want to expand on that. There are many ways that God has demonstrated his love toward us, but we want to show and and talk about the ultimate display of his love, which we'll get to. But let's first start with the beginning, because we have to go to the beginning to understand where we are. And so God is love and literally I mean, we could spend a lifetime talking about the characteristics of God because he is an eternal being. He is self-sufficient. He has, he is, and always will be. So our minds, Derek, our minds have a hard time grasping that. And he expects us to just accept that. And that's hard for our minds. It's very, very hard for us to realize that he's just God. Yeah. Like he is everything. He is God is love. Like, and he didn't have to break it down. He could have just left it there. He didn't have to give us the attributes like he does. But yeah. that's what's so crazy about God is the fact that he could have just like he did with Moses said, I am. Yeah. And that's it. But he, he, he wants to, he wants to share more of himself with us. And we'll Absolutely. get, we'll get into that. But he, like you said, he is love, but he is also one in three, the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's a, can be really complicated for people to understand. Um, and it is for me. I mean, we're no, yeah. like we said before, we're no, we're no great theologians. So we, I mean, we can break it down in the most simplistic way that we can, but at the end of it, we, we take it on faith, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they are distinctly separate, but they are all equal members under the single Godhead, which is a pretty powerful statement. And so that is a big part of 
the display because we're going to get there later and we're going to talk about how that and what love, the action of love actually did. We needed to start there. The attributes of God are so many. God is not only love. God is just. He is righteous. He is holy. And because he is holy, he is set apart. And because he is set apart, he is separate from anything that's inconsistent with his nature. So he is separate separate from what we define as sin or wrongdoing. And those attributes all filter through the truth of him being holy. I mean, his truth is holy. His love is holy. His um, ways are holy. He is set apart. He is holy. He is unique in who he is. In our minds, we're limited to this time and space that we're in now. Being set apart, well, that's, I mean, my mind can't comprehend it, right? I mean, can you? No, absolutely not. And that's one of the things that separates it from other religions, too, is the fact that he is holy. What other religion, what other the gods, have, do they actually say they are holy and they are perfect? Yeah. There isn't one. He's the only one, and he's the only one that is love. There's other ones that have the attributes of love, but only God was love yeah. and is love. Yeah. I think we see the consequences of us not being holy and him being holy just by looking at the Old Testament and looking at um, like Moses's time and all the rituals and all the sacrifices that they had to make to make themselves pleasing and even be able to be in the presence of God. Yeah. And so we when we think about his holiness, we and we also think about the, the beginning, we come to. The creation, right? So this this is a God who is all sovereign, who is all powerful, and he he created everything that we know. So at the beginning, he he not only creates the heavens and the earth, but he also creates man. And we start with Adam and Eve, and here is where we come to the fall, um, because God, being holy and just, also created free will, right? Out of love, out of love, mm-hmm. because. All of these attributes relate back to him. If free will is not there, is love there? You know? Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, mm-hmm. outside of that, we're just robotics, right? I mean, if yeah. we didn't have free will and choice, we're just robots at that point. But it all goes back to his glory. He created us. We are created for him. That is our purpose. So when we think about that, we think about the fall of Adam, where sin is introduced into, into the world. Now... Adam fell because he, the Lord, obviously the Lord created this, this garden, the Garden of Eden. He says, you can take from any tree out of this garden, any tree, except one. Don't take from that tree. Well, what did Adam and he do? They, Which, that was the free will. That was his love yeah. showing, hey, listen, I'm still going to give you the choice to either, you know, follow me, listen to me, be obedient or not. And really, when you look back at it, like, because... Obviously, it didn't work with Satan and yeah. some of the angels. Yeah. So he said, you know what? I love, man, I love my creation so much. All right, I'm going to make Adam. I'm going to make Eve. And then, obviously, the fall began. So. Yeah. And, they, and, and I like how you said that the opportunity was there to choose. Are you going to follow me and do as I've asked you to do and glorify me? Or are you going to go the opposite route and think that you know what's best for you? And unfortunately, they chose the latter. Curse or you, the, Adam. Like, dang yeah. it. <laughs> I will see you one day. <laughs> so there there we go. We we've we've defined that God is holy. God is set apart. 
he has these attributes that make him who he is, mm. but he creates these beings, human beings, to glorify him for his glory. He gives us an opportunity of free will to choose. And what do we do? We choose, we choose the opposite. We yeah. say, we know better. We want to be similar to you. We want to know good from evil. And we which we up. still do literally every I, I, day. Being transparent, I did it this morning. I was like, God, listen, this ain't working. Like, I'm going to be mad and I'm not going to show love because I'm upset. And it almost, it's almost like, well, I know better than you. But then obviously that's when the Holy Spirit comes in, his love, and says, no, 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 hold on. Yeah. Let, let me speak to you a minute. Well, let's just throw out some scripture here because yeah. I'm, we talked about God's holiness, and I just want to give you an example of the holiness. Um, Isaiah fifty-seven, fifteen. it says, For the high and exalted one who lives forever, whose name is holy, says this, I live in a high and holy place, and with the oppressed and lowly of spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the oppressed. His name is holy. Again, it's unblemished. It's perfect, but he is set apart. He is unique in his own. So when we talk about his holiness and we try to describe what sin is, he is apart from that. So therefore we, because of Adam and Eve who have sinned, we have been born into sin. So we are separated or apart from that holiness because he is set apart. You want to speak to that? I really don't know what else to say besides <laughs> that. I mean, that's, I mean, we know he's holy and we know that he has, you know, he's set apart from us. And, you know, that's why we're about to get into what brings us all together. Yep. Is because we can't understand that holiness of truly of what God is because we're not holy. We can't do that. Like it's, I don't care how good you are, you're not going to be sinless. We have a very limited perspective. Uh, Absolutely. Yep, on that. And so sin is ushered in, and the scriptures, in in Romans 5.12, it tells us that therefore, just as sin entered into the world through one man, and death through, through sin, in this way, death spread to all people because all have sinned. All have sinned. So that's where a separation is. Here we, we've, we've, we've talked about God, God's creation and creating us for his glory, giving us free will to choose him or choose what we think is best for us. Well, guess what? We all are going to choose what we think is best. We have. We've come into sin. We, we are all human beings who are flawed, who are broken people, and all have sinned. So now we know that there's a separation. God has had this all in plan. Remember we talked about the, the, the Trinity. And they're all being present. They've always, always been. So knowing that God is sovereign in all this, he had a plan, right? And we see that throughout the whole Old, the Old Testament where we talked about animals' sacrifices and blood being shed but for the remission of sins. So we talk about sin, and sin requires judgment because it's in God's nature. Yep. Sin has to have, there has to be a penalty for sin. Yep, absolutely. Which is... A scary thought, really, considering, like, for me, for instance, I'm 38 years old, and the sin that I've committed in my life, to think that if it wasn't for the sacrifice that was made, that don't get, the, the judgment would be so much greater than what it is right now on my life. Yeah, but, and His holiness demands that 
sin is judged, right? Absolutely. So there has to be a price that is paid. He can't just overlook it because it would go against who he is. Because he is holy, he is just, he is righteous, he is love. He's always the same. He's been the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will always be the same. He doesn't go outside of his nature. We know that Adam and Eve fell in the garden, so there's the sin. Sin is introduced into humanity. Humanity is now separated from God because of sin. And so... How do we bridge that gap? How does that gap bridge? Um, In Hebrews 9.21, according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood, and without shedding of blood, there is no remission, because remission is a cancellation of penalty. So without the shedding of blood, why does there have to be shedding of blood? You would have to ask God. <laughs> because well, again, his... because he can't step out of his character. Yeah, There yeah. was free will given out of love, and unfortunately that led to us creating a gap in sin. And so now how does he bridge that gap? But it, again, offer an act of love. And it's through a sacrifice, which is if I, I mean, I'm no theologian and I don't, I don't know that this is the absolute correct, perfect answer, but I think it's life for life. Honestly, like the sin being a part of your life, being the sinner who's doing it, blood has to be shed because that life is now being forgiven. Well, where, where did it go? I mean, I think that goes along with scripture. And that's from the beginning before yeah. Christ was crucified that that's the way it was. Like if you if you did this, you got that punishment back. It was in a lot of times it was your life. It yeah. said you lose your life. Yeah. And whether you know, whatever the sin was. And And I it's God's standard though. So absolutely. God I mean it's I mean I, even if I we don't know the answer, that was in place because I knew he had a purpose, he had a plan. Yeah. Um and the ultimate display of love is brought before us, like April said, where is the gap? Where is that gap bridged? What needs to take place so that now, because we are sinful beings and we're separated from a holy creator, how can we have relationship with him? So that's where we're going to go to next. And I think I'm going to let April speak to that. Well, I was just sitting here thinking of all the tracks that we had in church when we were younger. I mean, that picture, that visual of there's a cliff that you're at the edge of. And then on the other side is God. And how are you as a human going to get there? Well, you can't. And so then the picture is finished with the cross laying across as a bridge. And I just think that it just goes to show that it's not based on our actions. It is Jesus. And that's what God, that was his act of love to help bridge the gap is to provide his only son who didn't have to be created to come to earth at all for our sacrifice. Yeah. And it's an insurmountable gap. That mm-hmm. we can't cross on our own. It's a gap that we can't cross. And and in God's perfect plan and will and sovereignty and love and his righteousness, he, he knew that that was something we couldn't do. And the son knew it as well. So that's where the man, Christ Jesus, steps in. He is, in God's plan, he is brought to earth through virgin birth, which is that in itself is miraculous, right? I mean, yeah. no, nobody else in the whole world has ever been brought forth through virgin birth. I mean, yeah. that's just a miraculous thing. But that just goes to show you that it was of God. It was unique. Absolutely. In, so. in Jesus coming to earth, you see two acts of love. You see God giving up his only son, but then you see him as Jesus living that life 
a, a sinless life that was a struggle. I mean, we're yeah. all tempted and he was fully man and fully tempted like we are. Fully man and fully God. And mm-hmm. he took those things upon his shoulders and carried it so that he could live the sinless life that we couldn't. Exactly. And be yeah. the propitiation that we needed. The atoning sacrifice. Yes. <laughs> April struggled with that uh, a couple of weeks a ago writing that word. That was really good, dear. <laughs> <laughs> I was afraid I didn't cry. Brought that out. That's good. Um, but yes, I mean, Jesus is that, that bridge that crosses the gap between us and God, the Father, because we cannot have a relationship. Sin is not, is not going to be in his presence. He doesn't allow it. I mean, it's not, it's not his nature, but Christ is the bridge that crosses that gap. So Christ came to earth, as we know, if you don't know, Let's, let us introduce you to Jesus right now. Go read the book of John. Find out what Jesus said. We'll talk about that later in, in, in the podcast, in other episodes, but go read the book of John and just read about Jesus. Let's, let's, let's introduce Jesus to those who haven't sat down and listened or read the words that he's said. So I would, I just urge you to do that. But Jesus came to this earth knowing that he was going to do the will of the Father. He talks about it in John all the, throughout the whole thing, is that he is here to do the will of the Father. He didn't come to condemn, but he came to seek and save those which were lost. And how did he do that, Derek? That is by far the definition of love, that he was he was cursed, spit on, beaten by the very ones he was doing it for, and ended up obviously giving his life and sacrificing it for us in order to atone for our sins yep. out of love. Every bit of it was for out of love. Every bit of it. None of it was for selfish needs because they didn't, he didn't have to, no. he didn't have to save any of us, but he, he died on that cross and gave his life up and even went to hell. And you know, you, you hear it all your life that he went to hell and, you know, stole the keys to death and hell. And, and it was just, he did that to save you and me. He did that to save whoever's listening, that yeah. it was all out of love, that what you've done and the things that you've done, he died on that cross and then in three days rose again in order to save us out of love. And that way we could be with God in the end and we could be with him forever. So that sin that required a, a payment, that required penalty, mm-hmm. um, was canceled because here we have the son of the living God on earth living a life that is sinless, that is without blemish, is perfect, not committed one act of wrongdoing. And yet, he went to a cross that we might have a relationship with him and that he might be the mediator between us and God. It's it's like healing, too. I mean, it is the sacrifice that we can't make, but... He's Jesus is compared to Moses' staff, and God had Moses have a snake-shaped staff that would actually heal the Israelites from snake bites. And in John three fourteen, it says, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Yeah. And it's he healed them from snake bites with that staff, Jesus is healing us from our sins with his life. I like what you said. 
not only did he die that we might have a relationship with the Father and that he might be the mediator between us and, and God, but guess what comes with that? Eternal life. <laughs> life everlasting. That means after this life, we no longer have to have fear of death because we know we have the assurance that Christ has provided us with life everlasting. And that means that we will be in the presence of the Creator for all time, praising and worshiping Him and lifting Him up and exalting Him and glorifying Him. That's amazing. It's incredible because of the reason we don't deserve it. Absolutely. And He gave that, once again, gave that sacrifice for us and died for us so we could be with Him out of love. And it's a great feeling to know that all the mess that I've done, all the mess that you've done, that that sacrifice and that shedding of blood paved the way for us to be with God the Father forever. Absolutely. And just, and if we sit here and we can, and we've talked about this before in the past with just us personally, but if we sit here and we think about just our lives in general and how, how many things that we've regretted, so to speak, we've done wrong. I'm sure there are a lot of people listening right now that would say, why in the world is John talking about love? Because there was very few times in our relationship that he's ever shown me love. And I take that as conviction on my on my heart because I know that there are times where I did not I did not really reflect who God is and who God wants me to be. And so but also in that same in that same vein, I hope they understand this person that once was is no longer because God makes once you come to know Christ, you become a new creation and that he begins to mend and work and mold you because we so, are the clay. He's the potter. We're the clay. He begins to make us exactly what we should be. Just and like we that. won't be there till that day we're with him either. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing. Still the day you die, he's he's molding you, making you what he's supposed to. Yeah. And that goes back to that Ken, Kensuke. Yeah. I mean, really. That's a perfect analogy to what we've what we've talked about. I mean, we are we are vessels, broken vessels, that need to be repaired. Yeah, and the only absolutely. way that you, that can happen is through Christ. And just like they take the sap from that tree, that's the blood of that tree. Christ laid His blood down that and gave His life that we might that we might become repaired and be be a new creature, a new creation. Someone who is stronger because of that, and but the, yeah, the brokenness is always there. We're still sinners who are saved. You can still by see grace. the cracks, yes. and you can still see the brokenness, but God's just mended it. Yeah, and with and with that, and I know it's off a little bit, but and I'm sure I could speak for April and Jonathan too. That for any people that maybe I didn't show love to, or that we didn't show love to, from the bottom of my heart, if you're listening, I hope you can forgive me for that. Because God Absolutely. is, you know, working on me, and I would love the opportunity, maybe even to to speak to somebody like that. That you know, across my thirty eight years that I have, you know, done that. That I I am sorry, and that's just you know, I want to show Christ like love, and yeah, I am. I just I'm comp- always convicted of that, and like me and Jonathan have been talking about that. Is it a, it's a conviction that stays on you, but it also keeps you humble. Yeah, for sure. And I would I would uh, second that. Yes. Yeah, my apologies. Yeah, I mean, that's we in realizing the grace that God has provided us, 
when I look back at things like that, I'm just reminded. I'm con- is a continual reminder of how good God is to me. That's we, we didn't bring tissues over here. <laughs> I'm literally fine. <laughs> but really, that's yeah. that's it's a continual reminder. And we've had situations even recently that have challenged where we stand and have challenged how we would respond to people. And I think in this process through even the podcast, God has been mending and working on us. Absolutely. Even now, we are still being worked on. We Just because we're behind the microphone right now doesn't mean that we have everything together because we don't. That's why we're sitting here. That's why we want to share it because his love has been so prominent in our life. I mean, especially these last few months probably of just trying to get this together. He has been teaching us and molding us and using this. That's why we want to share with you right now where that origin came from of love to where Christ came in and took that sacrifice for us because we want to share because we know what it did for us. Absolutely. And we can never give that kind of love. You can never expect that from another human. So we want to make sure you know where to find that love. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, we fall short every day. Our our goal is to reflect that love and to be like Christ and to be Christ followers and do the things that he would want us to do. But guess what? We're still flawed um, through his power. Yes, we can accomplish those things, but we fail daily. Which, I mean, it's crazy because I even look at, like we talk, uh, my 13-year-old son, I, I swear, sometimes has more wisdom than I do from God. And I asked him about love. You know, and we talked about it and I said, what is love to you? And he shocked me because he was like, I don't think it's real when it comes from people. And at first I was like, man, that, he, you know, I can't believe he's saying that. What does he think? And then, I, and then the more you dive into scripture and the more I really look at it, he's right. Like it, I have no way of showing you guys love or people love. It all comes from God. Yeah. Every bit of it. And that's it what he to. said. He was like, no, the only real true love is God. And I was like. My 13-year-old just taught me a lesson <laughs> that maybe changed me forever. Yeah. That when I go to try to show love or show somebody that I need to base it off his word and off God and what Jesus did. Yeah. And listen to the Holy Spirit because that's really my only way of showing love. Yeah, because the Bible is correct in saying that God is love. So love mm-hmm. generated from anything outside of that cannot be love. It's impossible. It may be the idea of love. And we'll talk more about that in, mm-hmm. in later episodes. But God is love. And if true, authentic love is expressed, guess where it comes from? Him. That's and it. only Him. That's it. So um, we're going to actually, before we, we, we do end anything, we're going to read a scripture. I'm going to let my wife look it up for us. It's uh, John 15, 13. And while she's doing that, we're going to talk about, now that we've discussed the ultimate display of love, we want to put our passion into practice. And so with saying that, Derek, you know, we've talked about this. We want to help people in whatever way we can. And the way we're going to do that for this episode, if you've stuck with us this long, thankfully you'll be able to hear how we're going to do that. But we're going to ask that the first person to text us a need of yourself or someone else of yourself yes. or someone else. Um, we are going to do our best. We're going to try our best to meet that need. We're asking 
If you're not the first person, we still want to hear from you. So, I mean, please text us. We're asking you to text us a need. If you want to text us a prayer request, if you want to text us anything, you can text us and say, hey, you know, pray for Even though we can't help you, we may know someone that can. Absolutely. And, you know, just by the people we know and family that we have, Jonathan's got 200 siblings. (laughs) So I'm sure we could find somebody that can help even if we don't have the means to do that. Yeah, for sure, yep. uh, to at least try. And the number is 417-698-5683. And again, the first person that texts us with a need, we're going to try to do our best to help meet that need, whatever way God will provide us and allow us to. So um, we just that's just our way of saying, hey, we want to put our passion into practice and help others because that's why we're here. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on to John fifteen thirteen, greater love has no one than this that someone lay down his life for his friends. Wow, that pretty much sums up what we've talked about today. Yeah, greater love has no one than this than someone to lay down their life for his friends. But I want you to take this into account: when Jesus laid down his life, were we his friends? Until next time, it's all about Jesus. His love is enough. Thank you for listening to the Spread the Love podcast. You can find us on Google, iTunes, Spotify, or any other major platforms. Also, help us out by giving us a rating so others can listen as well. If you'd like to keep up with our latest happenings, give us a follow on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or Instagram.